back to Cash Grab Cinema. Tonight we watched Men in Black. Not the good one, but the second one. <laughs> wah, wah. We're joined to, again with our favorite and only guest. Friend of the show. For, yeah. Friend of the show, Trey. Hey, yo. And as always, my lovely assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the assistant? I'm the yeah. sidekick? Definitely. Damn. You didn't realize your role? Yeah, I, I didn't. I was I assumed that we were an autonomous collective. I, I I thought that, you know, things were egalitarian, but you were definitely like employee B. Yeah. yeah. It, it's nice to be well, <laughs> It's nice to finally <laughs> thanks for the memo. This is my mic. It's nice to know my place. Go make me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> So we watched Men in Black 2 on the suggestion of Trey. Trey, why Men in Black 2? Well, um, my memories from childhood are a little like hazy past a certain point, but I do remember watching the first Men in Black over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yes. And then being really excited when Men in Black 2 came out years later, but I only vaguely remember watching that like once, maybe... And I was like, well, were they not, was it not as good? I can't remember. And then <laughs> I saw an episode of Rick and Morty. It kind of described Men in Black 2 in a way that made it sound perfect for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I brought the idea up to Josh and um, he immediately agreed. And I did not know how right I would be. He's pliable. <laughs> we we had to, we had to God. <laughs> Now, full disclosure, uh, in preparation for this podcast, I did watch the first Men in Black, like, within the past 12 hours. Serious question time. Yes. Has the Men in Black song from the first movie been in your head since then? Because just Josh mentioning that we'd be watching Men in Black 2 all day. Here comes the Men in Black. All day. Only like every eight minutes. Nice. You're doing right. better than me. Yeah. yeah. It shows real restraint on your part. It's all about taking it one day, one day at a time. Who remembers either of you the Men in Black cartoon? Oh, I do. Me and my brother used to watch that waiting for the bus to come. Because in the morning we had to wait at the top of the hill for the bus at six fifteen. So it would be the Little Mermaid cartoon and then the Men in Black and we were just like, oh, just suffer through this Flipping Little Mermaid, get the Men in Black. <laughs> I love that because K, J, and L were in in that one, and the um, and the, the dog and, Frank and the dog and yeah. the the worms. It uh-huh. was like the whole cast. Yeah, and the running joke, just like the worms were super obsessed with coffee in the cartoon. I think they were in the first movie too. Oh yeah, oh they were definitely yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That really dates me because all I remember is watching Bobby's World before school. Yeah, I watched Bobby's World, but I was a little kid. Like, watching Men in Black, I was in middle school waiting for the bus. No, I was, like, in high school. I was, like, you know, 14, 15, watching Bobby's World. Like, man, this is so cool. Oh. (laughs) Why don't I have friends? Yeah, it says a lot about my (laughs) high school experience. (laughs) Did you you sympathize with Bobby and his uh, very broad imagination? I sympathize with Bobby's misuse of words mm. and the way, you know, like, I, he had a, you know, he had a daydream one time and he saw, like, 
he saw like an octopus creature and he said, Dad, she's going to get me with her testicles. <laughs> Pretty funny. It's funny. <laughs> Are you remembering that right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, not. I was... I was <laughs> I was on a, a, a large amount of sedation at that point. So. Mm. <laughs> what were those drops that your mom gave you when you were teething that are illegal now? Oh snap! It's it had, <laughs> it had like an opioid in it. Fine. I, yeah. Yeah. I know that, and they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't sell it anymore. That's weird. I wonder why. It's highly illegal. <laughs> Apparently, it did the trick though. <laughs> and and may have only possibly given me brain damage, Senator. I like to think that your mom was doing, like, his teeth hurt. He needs it. (laughs) (laughs) Anything to shut him up. (laughs) Mommy, no, I'm just trying to vocalize. Ah! Back into my stupor. It was that or the chloroform. That was pretty... (laughs) On the plus side, you have such beautiful teeth now, so... (laughs) It all worked out in the end. <laughs> I like the way the Men in Black 2 movie opens. I'll give it that. Kind of like one of those episodes of... What's the show my thing is? Twilight Zone? Yes. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone. It's There's elements of Ed Wood. Like a sort of, you know, like oh, the yeah, flying saucer on a string. It's so oh, poorly yes. done. It's very sweeted. Very, and, and a sweeted film. That is what I have written right here. Twilight Zone. And Ed Wood and Sweeted. That's what it is. Just read your mind. Yeah. Ugh. Got shivers. Well, that's because I'm a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm sorry. Why? <laughs> we'll get there. She betrayed you. We'll get there. Did she make it up to you? Ooh. I can't think of anything she's done except for Clerks 2 and Rent. Rosario? Mm-hmm. She was in Kids? Mm, that's true, but that was before this. That was yeah, that predates. Oh, so you're saying this terrible, <laughs> this terrible. She had to make up for it. it out. Yeah. Oh, right, she has to make up for it. She was in like I like Josie and the Pussycats. That, hey, yeah. She I haven't watched that yet. Oh, do you like it? No, Ugh. but she was good in it. She's good. Okay. <laughs> I say that of Johnny Depp. Anytime I see him in a movie, I really like to defend him. I'm just like, no, he's really good in it. Just the movie as a whole is terrible. He's done Just a he, lot of movies like that. He chose yeah. and possibly bankrolled this nightmare. But he's great. Yeah. Everybody else is dragging him down. When will he find a competent crew? <laughs> you know what? I've just got my fingers crossed for Pirates of the Caribbean 17. Ooh. <laughs> On weirder, ah, uh, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> they're not trying by that point. It'll be titled "I Need Money." <laughs> My kids aren't talented or competent. Well, we're like two minutes into this movie. <laughs> not, not even. <laughs> Still at the stupid prologue. I have a hard time following the story. Okay, know. so. The Scientology-esque story we're mm-hmm. given about the aliens. Which we'll come back to. Yeah. The snake 
Medusa one mm-hmm. wants to steal the light from the big boobs one with the tiara. She's got big hair. They come to the earth. Big boobs wants to give the light <laughs> to the men in black. Can we, can we at least call her Nancy? Nancy? Uh, Nancy Walker? Mm-hmm. No, Nancy Sinatra. There we go. <laughs> She wants to give the light to the men in black, but men in black apparently is Switzerland and they're not allowed to interfere. So she leaves with the light while men in black distract Medusa so she can't capture her. And then she leaves to find it. And then that's it. We're on to the actual movie where you see the spaceship destroying planets looking for the light and they make it back to Earth still in search of the light. Yeah, in search, but you you made a good point in that the the spaceship doesn't really do a thorough search. It kind of does. Fl- it just flies by and then implodes it. Like, well, didn't see it. <laughs> just like, they're just peeping ahead out the window as they fly. Any light? Of- no, there's no light. Blow it up. <laughs> to hell with it. But for some reason, the Earth deserves a thorough sweep, mm-hmm. or else there's no point to the movie. Well, we're special. Yeah. And she blew up so many other planets before she realized, oh, they tricked me. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. It's there the whole time. I feel so silly. Well, there's a really great sort of mislead in this intro because you go from the Twilight Zone thing to seeing the spaceship land after blowing up all these planets and it lands on Earth. and But then there's the reveal that it's actually this really tiny spaceship yeah and there's this the the trope of the the clairvoyant dog right that's just like you know all in, in so movie. many sci-fi movies there's this dog S- something weird's going on and he knows the dog knows <laughs> but the, t- the tiny spaceship lands we don't know it's tiny until the dog like runs up on it and you're like oh it's little bitty itsy bitsy and then a tiny little plant worm poop, poops out it's like of an it. asparagus yeah <laughs> And then the dog and the plant copy each other until the plant barks louder and it scares him away. And then he finds a magazine, the plant. With a Victoria's Secret ad. Yes. Which I'm I'm guessing by my age, how old would I have been in 2002? I would have been, oh yeah, I would have been like 17. So probably still whacking it to um, Victoria's Secret's the catalogs. Sears catalogs, don't lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> So there's no way that this inspired me. By then, if I saw, you know, when I saw this... So the alien morphs into the model (laughs) by growing its worm body. Right. Yeah, to look like Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah, with underwear and everything can force its body to do that. This part, I was just like, seriously? So Mugger runs up on her. Immediately. As as her face is still morphing from (laughs) spider plants... To a face, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get me some of this. Because he didn't come up from behind. He came at her from, from the, the side. side. So he definitely had to see it. Yeah. He definitely saw it. He's like, I'm cool with that. She might be down with this. This forced. She had materialized for all of 0.4 seconds. Like, there was no stop in what I was I should have kept a tally mark of how many insinuated rape jokes there was in this movie. Ooh. Just yeah. like, now this is just... After the sixth one, you're just like, Jesus Christ, it's a bit tacky. <laughs> I mean, what does that say about the writer? He's into some gross porn. And speaking of gross porn, 
she kind of backs away with the mugger around this bush, and then we see the mugger's legs go up in the air, and she reappears from around the bush with this, like, grotesque sort of... It's, like, huge belly but yeah. it doesn't move it's like at all. a bowling it's, a, a bowler's beer gut it's like a pregnancy belly if she was pregnant with 18 babies yeah <laughs> but the rest of her is still like a Perfect. super thin model yeah and so... she realizes like oh i'm mostly nude i need clothes and then she throws him up is that what happens no she looks back at the the um the magazine that she, she got the image from, and she was like, oh, I'm supposed to be thin. Because it zooms in specifically on her torso. Oh. So she's been a woman for all of three minutes, and already the media has just mm-hmm. forced her mm-hmm. to that, have these terrible ideas about herself. That yeah. Photoshop, y'all. Mm-hmm. Take note, teenage girls. This is how you're supposed to look. Also, <laughs> when she gets rid of the weight, I mean, they don't really show the process, but... I thought it, she it's threw a, him up. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all, pretty clear. It's an okay. ad for bulimia. And then she steals his clothes, but instead of putting them on, she walks as far as possible so we can get a good look at her underwear butt. Yeah. Better believe it. That high rise? Come on. Waterfly <laughs> <laughs> boil! I'm not saying she's not beautiful, but seriously, did it need to be a 20-second shot? I got it. Let's keep going. If we're going to keep tally of all the things that needed to not happen in this movie, I don't know if we're going to get through. We just we just got to power on. Yeah. We got to soldier on. The, the CGI is real hit and miss. Yeah. Mostly misses. Yeah. Like the spaceship. When it puts out its spaceship legs, you're just oh, like, oh boy. my gosh. Yeah. I felt like I was watching an episode of Veggie Tales. <laughs> it, it was it was so bad. Not a new episode of Veggie Tales either. <laughs> one, one of the deep tracks. One of the, one of the, one of the DVD extras from the early years. <laughs> Where they talk about the evilness of poop. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can deliver a zinger quite like Will Smith can. Agreed. Can we can we give him that props? Dude, he's a master. Yeah. yeah. He committed. 100% to he committed. Perfect Will Smith zingers. That's why he's the best. He's a professional all the way. Yeah. yeah. And just don't watch those early seasons of Fresh Prince where you see him <laughs> mouthing other people's lines so he knows where he is in the script. Because he memorized everybody's lines. It's yeah. a professional. He so he had a he had a quirky little side effect. <laughs> the man's was, a master. Or he was just clairvoyant, knew what everyone was gonna say. Is he a Libra? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I thought he was an air sign. Oh well. So is this the point where we meet Will Smith in the story? Wait, he had come up a, upon a flower. Sticking out of a air vent. The air vent. Yeah. And he comes and who is his sidekick? T. What's the actor's name? Joshua? Patrick Warburton. Oh, that's impressive that you know his name. I, I know you know like you, you recognize his him. voice and his face anywhere, but yeah, I love that guy. The guy from he was what was his name? Petty on um, Seinfeld. 
He was one of... Um, Elaine's boyfriends? Yeah. He also plays the wheelchair-bound character in Family Guy. Yeah, Joe. Joe. Yeah. Muriel Hemingway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His voice is very distinct. Yeah. Yes. He's the tick, too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. The yeah. old yeah. one, the not old the tick. new one. Yeah. The original. So he picks a fight with this flower. It turns out it's a giant worm. And so, of course, Will Smith has to lay the smack down on it. And that's where all the zingers start coming yeah. out. Yeah, quip after quip. Oh, yeah. I'm getting my ass beat. Yeah, but it's funny. It is. The train part was genuinely funny. It made me laugh. The part where he confronts a bunch of jaded New Yorkers and tells them to evacuate the train and they just uh, ignore him completely. Yeah, until Jake the Worm starts eating it. And he's like, oh, no, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the CGI in this is unimpressive. Needs, yeah, needs improvement. Definitely dates it. Yeah, I mean it's weird. The, the 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 special effects and tremors. A movie that came you know over a decade. Those before, are mostly practical effects. They're though. mostly practical effects, but even it's still more believable mm-hmm. by far. Yeah, the CGI in this is terrible. They could have done more practical effects. I think like the spaceship could have easily been a practical effect. Oh, yeah. I have several notes about this. But I don't think it's... At this point, 2002, we're already in this realm of practical effects aren't cool. CGI is yeah. where it's at. That's cool. Yeah, it's not long after The Matrix and, you know. No, yeah. That's that's when we learned. That's all, that's all an audience needs. Just give it, you know, pretty enough computer animation. Just give it people going like... Whoosh. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> That's all they want. I have never finished The Matrix. I can't, just can't get through it without falling asleep. I'm not going to make you. Thank you. I mean, it's not going to happen. And that's that's okay. Yeah. Then that story can stay a mystery. No. I mean, I still don't even 100% get it. What? He's a pod person? I don't know. So boring. <laughs> Sorry for people who like the Matrix. <laughs> Humanity's been reduced to batteries for an alien overlord. See, I'm already tired. <laughs> and then Johnny Knoxville. Uh, jackass. Mm. Were we so young? This was probably... This was closer to the crest of Johnny Knoxville's wave, I think. And don't get me wrong, I think I really like Johnny Knoxville. I think he's amazing. As a person, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. And I do like how much he fucks with Bam Margera. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bam. But when Johnny Knoxville pulled that snake on you and made you cry, I think I think Rachel was never happier. I've never seen her smile more. Let's watch that right now. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, is uh, they did not play to his strengths. Uh, in this movie, he's like the the sniveling, bumbling sidekick who has a second face that connects to the back of his neck. Yeah, like some sort of like snake thing back there, but it's another, it's a copy of his head. Yeah. But with the teeth are crappier. Did you notice that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's how you tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> Not the fact that one's attached to a snake. Yeah, they didn't do any like physical comedy with him. No. Which I was kind of surprised by. I know. It's like you get Johnny Knoxville. Throw him through something. Or something. Make yeah, him do anything. a stunt. He'll do it. 
He's yeah. A, he is a professional stuntman. He has almost killed himself many times. <laughs> but he, yeah, they cast him in like this Igor role, basically, for... The, yeah. You know, like, and then the, the second head premise was really novel when it was in... Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and you mm-hmm. had, what is it, Zap Beetlebrock's, oh shit, see, I'm gonna lose all kinds of... The President? Nerd points, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have a second head, well he did, but he didn't, it was still on one head, he could just turn it. Well, I'm talking about the 1981 television version. <laughs> but in the book, yeah. he could just turn it, but mm-hmm. in the television one, obviously... They, they just, yeah, they, he had a paper mache They couldn't figure out how to do it. They had a paper mache head that was just on the side of his neck. That's hilarious. In the TV show. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. So the <laughs> Selena, that's her name, right? Or Serena? Selena. The evil alien? Yes. Laura Flynn Boyle. Laura Flynn Boyle, evil alien. She meets up with Johnny Knoxville because he knows where the light is. Turns out he doesn't. He just wanted money for her, from her. He knows about where it might be. So they go to the pizza place to find it. But before that, Nick Cannon, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith comes back to the office. He's going through. They're having that classic, like walking through, you know, Men in Black headquarters. So Let's much say. jargon. Yeah. And at first, I was just like, "That's stupid. Why are they? Why is there so much jargon?" But you know what? It is sort of like a military institution in Trinidad. I don't know if you know this. You get two or three military members around, it's nothing but jargon. Yeah. Like, you're not going to understand anything they're talking about. It's like watching Sesame Street with all the letters, you know, that are getting thrown around. Yeah, it is. Plus, it was like an almost exact shot-for-shot recreation of the first time that Jay came into the the office. So it's, you know, like reestablishing people Mm -hmm. back into this zany world of aliens. Yeah, except this time he's in charge (laughs) instead of being a punk. But he's emotionally damaged. Yes, he misses Kay. And he continues to neuralize his partners. Yeah, he neuralized T at the pie place. Yeah. In a really tender scene, I think. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he and he set and he gives him he arranges his marriage. There's an arranged marriage that goes on, sort of. Sort of. He nudges it. Yeah. yeah. He basically just sees the first female and says, like, hey, that guy wants to, you to have his babies and stuff. He's and, really into it. Yeah, she's like, well, <laughs> all she right. she turns and looks and is like, oh. <laughs> you could tell she didn't have a lot of options. <laughs> she's like, well, I mean, he looks like he might have a job. He's wearing a suit. My biological <laughs> clock is ticking. May as well strike by the iron talk. The timeline for this is so weird. It is. The pacing is fine. It's the timeline that's weird. Like, it's too crisscrossy at first. Is that when we meet Rosario Dawson and Laura Flynn Boyle and Johnny Knoxville go to the pizza place? Yeah, it's right after you see Nick Cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. (laughs) It it was a big deal that he had this cameo. Is this B-N-C or is this A-N-C? Before or after Nick Cannon? That's how I refer to everything in this movie. Well, I refer to Nick Cannon as before Mariah Carey and after Mariah Carey. Oh, snap. This is before Mariah Carey. I don't know if it got better or worse for him. I'm not sure. This is definitely a low point. <laughs> they brought back his show, though, didn't they? Oh, uh, I, I think so. Yeah. I haven't watched it. Me either. 
I had no plans to. No. It was, it was like too magic, that first one. It was just too good, and I felt like coming back to it, it's just not going to work. I don't think so. Mm. Much like this film. Yeah. The third <laughs> one, I feel like, is better than the second Men in Black. I feel like MIB3 is better. I remember it being better. I can't remember at all what happens other than Will Smith has some funnier zingers. So... Mm. Watch it for the funnier zingers. MIB3. <laughs> but yeah, they go to the pizza place. Oh, yeah. And Laura Flynn Boyle chops the pizzeria guy in half. But right was... in front of Rosario's <sighs> eyes. But he wasn't a guy. He was just like a silicon body. Right? Yeah, I, I, there was a blast of injury when he was chopped in half, so I assumed that he was the the light inside of it yeah yeah now to explain rosario dawson um i'm gonna do as good a job as the movie did so we see her she's the employee of a month at this pizza place and that's it yeah (laughs) she's known said pizza guy her whole life and has worked there most of it too Mm -hmm. she only has one employee of the of the month placard so Draw your own conclusions from that. When they thought about character development, they said, at this point in the story, we really want Rosario to be shrug, good, I guess. Shrug. she's there. (laughs) I don't understand this one exchange between her and the pizzeria owner. After she she gets the plaque from him, Mm -hmm. he says, go get a flat of Mountain or Diet Coke or whatever from the basement. And he says it in just like a normal way. But I felt like they were trying to make the audience be like, see how shitty her life is? She has to do her job. She has to work. She picked up a whole tray of soda. She gets praise and accolades and then is asked to lift things (laughs) and carry them. Wow, being pretty. (laughs) It's just not fair. It's just not fair. (laughs) But then, is that when she starts crying? Yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, because she starts she... crying when he says that. No, like when he a... dies. When she, when he gets chopped in half, she starts crying, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I... when she cries, it rains outside. Yeah, which is just a really <sighs> nice substitution for character or motivation. Yeah, she's got. Special powers that do nothing that you don't find out yeah. about until the last two minutes of the movie. Thanks a lot, Trey. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> People come to Cash Grab to get plot synopses. So Will Smith shows up with Frank the dog, the talking dog, since he neuralized his last partner. But not before having pretty much an ad for Mercedes and a scene, where, a shot where we see the dog listening to Who Let the Dogs Out on the Mercedes radio. God, it was like t- it was like taking a trip through a time warp. Who let the dogs out? And it was perfect because this this was like the first part of the car commercial, but the car was featured very prominently in about let's say every 
seven to nine minutes of... <laughs> that was in the contract. Lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it was like serialized. It's, it's got this fancy button. If you push it, the car comes anywhere. Literally anywhere. It comes into the MIB headquarters at one point. Like You have to get in an elevator to get there. How did the car do that? Mercedes, don't hide this technology from us. <laughs> See the car like propped up as if it's standing, waiting in the elevator, tapping its tire. <laughs> Drinking some oil. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So Will Smith comes into the pizzeria with Frank, and somebody, when he asked for the witness's name, instead of saying it like a normal person, they pull out a napkin with it written on it and hand it to her. <laughs> Still trying to figure it? that one out. I, I don't get it. I don't either. I felt, and they zoomed in on it like, this mm-hmm. is important. <laughs> it wasn't. They, it's, it was in, it was one of the deleted scenes, but it's set up that that agent that hands the napkin to Will Smith is actually illiterate and um (laughs) he didn't know he couldn't remember her name and the other agent wrote it on a napkin so when will smith asked he had nothing else to do hand him the napkin (laughs) because he couldn't read it he really thought way too much into the stretch (laughs) also that guy is in brooklyn 99 yeah oh yeah it's um oh oh, it's not is it hitchcock or is it the other scully 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 Scully, yeah so what's what did you guys think about Rosario Dawson's performance in, you know, she sees her boss die, finds out there's aliens, and then her and Will Smith go out for some pie, because that's the thing. Right. That's what you do. And then he tells her about Men in Black, and he's shocked that she believes him. <laughs> she saw a two-headed dude. I'd believe you. Yeah, and she saw a woman, like, strangle her boss with a bunch of snakes coming out of her fingers. Like, yeah. That was just, you know. If just... I was her, you could tell me anything at that point. Be like, yeah, mm-hmm. Also, she's probably still in shock. Yes. <laughs> she's known that guy her whole life. So, yeah, definitely still in shock. Yeah. And Will Smith instantly falls in love with her. They've known each other for 20 minutes. It's like a Disney movie up in here. How quickly he has fallen in love with this chick. Again, teenage girls, um, just just showing you the power of beauty. Anybody will fall in love with you in about 20 seconds. It can happen. (laughs) (laughs) And that person will definitely look like Will Smith. (laughs) And what's so significant about this exchange is that after the end of it, because Will is just so enamored with her when he's supposed to pull out his neuralizer, which will erase her memory, he decides at the last minute just not to do it. Because this is true love. Yeah. After 20 minutes. And the plot demands it to be so. Yeah. Actually, I felt like the plot would have survived just fine without it. Probably. Like, Rosaria Dawson's character could have been, like, a dude. Yeah. And and it would have been fine. Would have made that Twister scene later on a little bit more interesting. Yeah. I think. Less weirdly erotic with a bunch of worms. Mm Mm-hmm. I get the feeling the entire plot suffers from that, though. Like, everything seems like it should be important, but it's it's delivered and it's sort of cut in a way that it doesn't seem very important. Like, everything feels just deflated. I yeah. don't know. So Will Smith goes to the head of the MIB organization, Z, to find out more about the light. Is it the only one who knows about the light? You're damn right, it's K. <laughs> Gotta go save him. From the post office. Yeah. 
And you're saving from a sad, mundane existence. Post office is a sweet gig. It is a sweet it gig. It sure is. Yeah, they better not Great be. benefits. Yeah. yeah. You get TRICARE. <laughs> Don't knock it. Sign me up. Solid yeah. retirement. Civil service. Yeah. So for those of you who uh, aren't MIB heads like myself and have not seen the first <laughs> MIB, uh, Kay retired at the end and went to go live a quiet life as a post office with uh, some woman. I don't know. It, it just says I'm like, he woke up from a coma 35 years ago. Or he woke up from a 35-year coma. That was like the story. And so he went to go live out the rest of his life and sort of like postal retirement. So that's where he is when we meet him. I can't believe they couldn't just fake a life for him. I know. Why, why did it have to be a coma? Because he wanted to go back to that woman. It would be like who a he had medical spent most of marvel. His life <laughs> right. Why was she waiting around for him as well? Because, you know, plot. Right. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. I'm reading too much into this. <laughs> but they just wrote her completely out of this story so that he would be alone and have a reason to go back. Yeah. And so lazily, too. Like, that's why she left you, Kay. Mm-hmm. You, you could have not said anything and it would have been fine. But Will Smith comes to save him from his life. The beatboxing part mm-hmm. felt like the writer put that in just because they wanted to hear Biz Marquee beatbox. I mean, if you get Biz Marquee into your film and you don't utilize that beatboxing talent, I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. It does sound otherworldly. It just does. It yeah. does. Like, he can do, like, six different things at one time. Like, Will Smith beatboxing is... I mean, I can't do it, but it sounds quite average. But Bismarck, he's is so cool. I mean, yeah, Will Smith's beatboxing matches Will Smith's rap style. You know. In this song. It fits. Nod your head. Oh, God. It's painful. Mm. It's no. There's no galaxy being defended now. <laughs> So this this thing that you're you're talking about with the beatboxing uh, is when Tommy Lee Jones just like does not believe that there's aliens. So Will Smith like shows him that all the people who work in that post office are actually aliens. One of them being Bismarck Key, uh, and this was the only part in the movie where I thought that they actually used practical effects to like yeah. some good use. Like it felt yeah. like the first one. Some of them were very yeah. good. Some of them were still CGI, but you can tell it was the right amount of CGI. Yes. They had taken their time. All the other ones, they were just like, well, we blew the budget, so just kind of just tape that. <laughs> I'm not going to have less craft services. But yeah, this, uh, this wonderful display of alien weirdness prompts Tommy Lee Jones to come back with Kay to, like, headquarters. And they're going to put him... In the denoralizer. He's going to figure it all out. Tell yeah. him about the light. And then Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cameos peppered in in this bad boy. I think it goes to show how popular the first one was. That yeah. so many people were willing to like, oh, you're doing another Men in Black? Sign me up. No, just what you you won't be doing it for another three years. Doesn't matter. Go for it. Don't yeah. even sweat it, dog. 
I'm in. It's weird to see Michael Jackson. It is. It is. And play an alien. And it's kind of cool that he would, you know, offer himself up like that. Make, him, make fun of himself? Yeah. He always seemed to take himself pretty seriously, so it was cool. I'm always impressed to know that even though Michael Jackson couldn't play any songs, he could sing so well and such, so on pitch that he would sing all the musical parts to his songs, like humming and stuff. The musicians would come in and could just copy it perfectly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very talented. Yes, he was. Even if he may or may not have done that stuff, who knows? So true. Keeping it uplifting, Rachel. <laughs> Way to go. That's what I do, Swish. That's what I'm here for. It was good to see Michael Jackson. We won't say anything about the alleged molestations. <laughs> According to Macaulay Culkin, it did not happen. Mm-hmm. I would believe Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Seems like a straight shooter. Mm. I'm not saying they were probably they were probably inappropriate relationships, but I don't think they diddled them. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so Michael Jackson's in the film. <laughs> that was oh man. There was a weird moment that I just wanted to mention, and this is really small. This is extremely insignificant. But there's a moment later on when we see Johnny Knoxville and they're being surrounded by all these other aliens and they're gonna they're gonna shoot Will Smith and Johnny Knoxville's tiny head sneezes on his back mm-hmm. and uh, he's like Achoo! oh sorry man and one of the other aliens says God bless you I was just thinking like that's such a strange ritual to be you know intergalactic it it seems so. Like it would just happen on Earth by accident that Josh, people would say "God bless you." Josh, for that's real. New York, baby. You're so you're so alienist. You're just assuming he wasn't he was born somewhere else. They all live in insular communities. They're not cosmopolitan. I'm disappointed in you. When they go to get the weapons and Kay hasn't been denuralized yet, and he puts his finger in the little globe. And the people, there's a, it's actually a, a city, and the people is all is lost. It reminded me of the Treehouse of Horror episode when Lisa's tooth grows a colony. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's another direct callback to the first one where Will Smith touched, like, a flubber, and it bounced all over the office. Yes. Oh yeah, the time yeah. we caught it. What well, they 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 went through great pains to really recreate the same sort of recruitment steps that Will Smith does for Tommy Lee Jones that Tommy Lee Jones did for Will Smith yeah. in the first one. Right. So is it endearing, and do you love it, or is it lazy? I feel like it's a little of both. Mm, no, I, I think know. it's a tiny bit lazy because there's so much callback. So much. Yeah, it's real rapid fire. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel, yeah, I, f- I feel like they didn't have a very even balance. If they would have had just a little bit, but still added all these sort of new elements and things, like the finger in the bubble, that was really funny. It was. Yeah. But, yeah, it didn't seem like there was enough of that. Oh, it's lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then evil snake plant boob lady comes with Johnny Knoxville two men in black mm-hmm. and they take it over. So I missed this part. What was that giant fleshy tubular root thing that kind of covered everything that 
Like, that Frank was hiding in? Yeah. A dead alien. Oh, okay. That's what Nick Cannon was trying to get rid of before he thought he was going to get neuralized. And then I guess he just left it there like, whatever. Well, I think we can assume that Nick Cannon has been killed. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> underneath that alien mass of flesh. Yeah. Either that's, suffocating or totally dead. That's where Will Smith really lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of getting lost, to escape from Plant Woman's clutches... J and K like get flushed down a giant. I know it. It looked like a toilet. Yeah, it's giant yeah. toilet. They they call it t- getting flushed. Yeah, a toilet that flushed them right directly into town, uh, Times Square in New York. It seems like a bad place because you're gonna be seen. Yeah, people are gonna be like, "What's that guy doing?" And in typical New York fashion, no one even paid them any attention. Why do they even need new realizers? <laughs> right. <laughs> So, since uh, Tom Lee Jones doesn't have any of his memories back, they end up looking up, like, uh, a bootleg replacement. From Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. Monk. Monk. And, uh, what was his name on Wings? Nobody remembers Wings. He was also, mm-hmm. he was also on a, a television program called Wings. that had Stephen Weber in it. That's right, Stephen Weber. Let it go, Jeff. From Stephen King's, Stephen King's TV movie version of The Shining. That's Steven Weber. Alright, you got the crazy eyes right now. Dracula, dead and loving it, <laughs> with Leslie Nielsen. Can I just say, the props department had a whale of a time Ooh, with yeah. this bootleg de-neuralizer. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was like a, it was like a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was like a Rube Goldberg machine, plus... Uh, I don't, like, the, the machine from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or something. Yeah, like a breakfast machine from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> yeah. And some like junk. one of those things that, uh, puts you, spins you around in centrifugal force that you're kind of strapped to. Yes. <laughs> a little bit of that. Over there for good measure. Yeah. And a leather strap to bite down on. Nope, that was just a soccer guard. Oh, was it? Yep. <laughs> That's a soccer mouth guard. I guess we see what we want to see, Rachel. Yeah. I mean, they were having fun, but they didn't have money. <laughs> they made it mostly with garbage. But uh, when it kicks into high gear, uh, knocks out most of the power in Manhattan, and after a few seconds, Tony Shalhoub, uh leans in and probably gets his head blown off, just like in the first one. Yep. And they made sure to put that in the trailer. I do remember that. And they think that Kay is back, but he's not. He doesn't remember anything yet. And so he storms out and leaves. And then all the big bad aliens that snake plant boob lady let free come to kidnap Kay and take him back. But he's not there anymore. It's just Jay. And then the first joke that made me laugh out loud was that one alien with a really deep voice that, give up, (laughs) give up. And Will Smith's character, no. <laughs> that was perfectly the only well-timed joke yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah, there's some great zingers, but that's the best joke. Yeah. yeah. There is a difference. Classic Will Smith. Vintage Smith. While they're driving it, this is a really strange moment, but again, it reminds me of when this movie came out. There's a moment where Will Smith and Tommy Lee, after Tommy Lee gets his memory back, they're driving in the car. And Will Smith says to Tommy Lee, this is an example of a zinger that doesn't really land. He says, tell it to the hand. That was bad. Remember and talk to the hand? Because the face ain't listening. 
Oh, man. <sighs> and, you, I, Josh, I can't believe you could just wash over the joke when Kay comes back to save Will from all those bad aliens in the basement. He's trying to kick this one in the balls. He's like, Kay, he's a ball chinian. That's the most clever name they could come up with for an alien who's got testicles on his chin. Ball chinian. It's like, oh. <laughs> the, the makeup apprentice really worked hard to get that worked into the script. I can't believe that joke went around the table and everybody was just like, yeah, great, hilarious. Ball chinian, I love it. But then he does this like wire foo kick right in the guy's ball chin, which is just, it, it, it defies like all gravity. I'm just like, yeah. what is this movie? I don't know. It's suddenly crouching tiger. What? It just came out of nowhere and they don't address it again. I was like, what? <laughs> what am I watching? And I don't understand why they had to go through all that because, you know, as a person who doesn't personally own a pair of testicles... I imagine it hurts just as bad to get punched in the testicles as it would kicked. So why couldn't he just punch him in his chin testicles? Also true. Uh, kick is so much worse. Well, let's test it for science. Josh, come here. <laughs> oh, if it's for science, I suppose. As long as I write it down, it's science. Oh, shit. That's what Mythbusters taught me. <laughs> they go back to the pizza place and they meet back up with Rosario Dawson and... Kay says, all right, we got to get you out of here. They're going to come back. And so Will Smith and Kay take her over to hang out with the worms. Yeah, they're in the first movie, too, and in the cartoon. Right. But before that... Shit, what am I missing? Kay found a picture in his suit. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just him. It actually matches up with the picture of the pizza guy who was killed. And he's pointing in the picture... We know that he's pointing at a key. Will Smith goes on this pointing expedition around the pizzeria. And this part, everything about it, the way he looks for stuff, how silly he's being, really reminds me of the Troy character from Community. Yeah. He goes through all this madness and then finds some, like, anchovies. Yeah. Right? And there's that moment of realization, like, ha-ha, anchovies. Anchovies, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so much like Troy. Which What's is his so... real name? Ch- not Childish Gambino. That's his rapping. Donald Glover. Yes. Yeah. Which is so weird because they spent most of the beginning of the movie trying to show how Wilson's character like learned a whole bunch of stuff since the yeah. first one, and he was like really hyper confident. He still kind of had a sense of humor, but you know but he knew grown. what he was doing. Yeah. And as soon as he gets around Tom Lee Jones, it's like. Oh, I'm back to being, like, a rookie again. Yeah. He goes from top dog to bottom bitch. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I had not heard that expression before, but I will be using it tomorrow. Bottom bitch? Yeah. Okay, don't. <laughs> Tommy Lee doesn't even let him drive the car anymore. And it's his car. And it's his car, and it's... <laughs> it's... Hold on, I have to address something. Trey, maybe you shouldn't use bottom bitch in your day-to-day life. That's actually what, according to South Park, you refer to as the top prostitute in your pimping ring. So, oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have heard that before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just want every just to clarify. <laughs> you better be good friends with the female you make that joke with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. 
I know what you're saying. You don't have to keep asking. <laughs> but Tommy Lee doesn't let Will Smith drive in the car, and they have a little they have a little tiff about it. And um, it's yet another. There's another. It's like part two or three in the Mercedes ad saga that goes in. <laughs> and Will Smith Will Smith explains. See, no, no, no. Used to drive that old boat. This is the new hotness. Old and busted. New hotness. There's another semi-funny joke where there's this fake man driving the car that gets sucked into the steering wheel. Right, the autopilot. Yeah. And Will Smith's character says, yeah, it's the autopilot. He used to be black, but he kept getting pulled over. (laughs) That joke is fun, but it's Tommy Lee Jones's reaction to it that's way funnier when he goes... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. makes perfect it was sense. Like, it was like, yeah. mm, yes. Mm. Why did Correct. we think that sooner? <laughs> <laughs> also, with so uh, am I am I skipping ahead too much to say like when they start flying in the car? Yeah. Is, is that way after? Yeah. Shit, we'll just cut that. We'll do. We'll pick up. Cut. <laughs> but yeah, now we're on to the worms. They found the key. Mm-hmm. They want to keep Rosaria Dawson because Will Smith said, she's important to me. I mean, to us, what we're doing. She's important to me? You've known her for like six hours. And they do this twice. They like really drive it home. <laughs> They're forcing this love that doesn't yeah. need to be there. And when they reveal the worms to Rosaria Dawson, she has a really weird line. Some of the writing, not some, a fair portion of the writing in this movie is questionable at best. Mm. But they like, she's seeing all the worms for the first time and she says, I've dated worse. <laughs> And it's so indicative of this, like, late 90s, early 2000. You know what everybody loves? Somebody with two. Somebody that's going to... They've got... They're going to say something snarky and fresh all the time. It's going to be great. It's like a stream of consciousness. They're, they're like Chandler Bing. Here's a weird complaint. Why is the ceiling so low in the Worms apartment? Like, I get that they're short... But they would have had to have the ceiling lowered. Why? It was the only way to show that there was a height difference because they never showed the worms and the and the people in the same scene. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Trey with the truth bomb makes perfect sense. I never thought of that. Oh, and for the funny joke of Will Smith turning his head like this while he's standing. Yeah. Professing his love yet again to Rosaria Dawson's character. I'm just like, oh my goodness. It's some of that grade A physical comedy that you've come to Men in Black to find. Yeah. And then he says, look out for, I don't know the worm's names. We'll call him Needle. Look out for Needle. Don't fall asleep. It's just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) How many rape jokes are you going to shove into one PG-13 movie? (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> Trey's face just like how could you betray me Men in Black 2 I loved you so much Men in Black 1 you were the best it was really good y'all <clears throat> the pain is real anyway this that's that was then this is this is now you just gotta you just gotta deal with it just roll with the punches cause it happened yeah it happened and we are the living record. We are. Evolution is a, yeah, it's it's a sort of, it's a nasty business, social evolution. And look back. This, this is only 15 years? 
years ago. And oh, even still. Man. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go to the store and buy some wrinkle cream. I'll be back. <laughs> I need to go return some videotapes. <laughs> so let me ask you this. David Cross in 19... Or 2002. Yeah. Huge star by that point. Is that before or after Mr. Show? Josh, enlighten us. It's definitely after Mr. Show. Mr. Show was in the 90s. And that was a pretty big hit for him. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big hit for him. He he got, got a lot of notoriety as a stand-up before and during and since then. Oh, okay. And he, he was in Ghost World. He was in... Um, <laughs> it's not the best example. Ghost World. Remember that blockbuster hit that everybody really on the planet it. saw? Yeah, I love that movie. Podcast listeners love Ghost World. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a big hit for us. Oh, he was in he was in the scary movie. Uh, he was in scary movie. Okay. And that had to be before Men in Black, too. I yeah. ask this because in the first movie, David Cross was in one line or one scene. Mm-hmm. He had a few lines. They were funny lines, but that was it. In this movie, he's in it for 15 minutes and what's like this exposition dump, but it just keeps going on and on. And we learn that he lives with his mother and then he has this goth girlfriend who's, I guess, supposed to be some 90s disaffected angsty girl stereotype that i don't i'm not aware of (laughs) she's the closest thing to a manic pixie dream girl that the 90s could produce yeah (laughs) think like bottom shelf nev campbell (laughs) oh Oh, god God, that poor girl i hope she never hears this (laughs) whatever she was a man of light too she's okay but before we actually got to the david cross part they used the key at Grand Central Station. Oh, right. And opened it up, and it was filled with tiny uh, dust bunnies that are alive. They look like dust bunnies to me. Like CGI characters from some sort of Dr. Seuss nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah, and they had the little ang- anglerfish, like, Antenna. Teletubby yeah. thing that glowed. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, all hail Kay, because Kay gave them a watch. He took the watch back. They gave him, and they told him to take the business card he had left. Will gives them a new watch so they can still see and know what time it is. And the business card leads them to David Cross and his videotape store. Meanwhile, this whole scene plays out like a, like some sort of really badly written sci-fi short story where the little cotton ball things have constructed their life and society and religion around these two items. Mm-hmm. There's also a Moses standing figure that recites ritual scripture based from the... It's, it's so From strange. the business card. Yeah, that the part the was card. pretty funny. <laughs> and then they all go to like an X-rated part of town because that's... It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> and so totally off from what came before. And it's just like, I, I don't know. The movie stopped to make this point, and I don't get it. And then they close the locker and just move on. How did those things not starve to death? There's no sunlight in there. They can't grow anything. They survive on the love and worship of Agent Tom Lee Jones. Yeah. And now Will Smith. It sustains them. Yeah. Now they'll grow cooler because they love Will Smith. They have become one with the sacrament. 
So they ate Will Smith. <laughs> he left a Pop-Tart in there. Oh, there <laughs> they are pretty little. Men in Black 2, brought to you by Pop-Tarts. <laughs> but cool. yeah, David Cross, I felt like he wrote all the lines he had. They, yeah. they were all very David Crossian. Yeah. The whole like, thing with like talking about... Like, do your friends want pizza bites? <laughs> Do you guys want pizza? I mean, they're pretty good, like little bagels. And she's got the palsy, so it ends up with way more cheese. That's why I love David Cross. That that cat can he can deliver a palsy joke. I'm sorry, it yeah. was it was hilarious. It, it was, was funny. No, his he, jokes were he very did that. funny. <laughs> but he gives them the videotape, so you get to rewatch. The exposition from the beginning of the movie right. in its entirety. Yes, without in change. the middle of the movie. But now you get the reaction shots of the actors, yes. so that they can, they can, you know, marvel at the platform boots and, and the <laughs> string spaceships. Yes. But then it does trigger Tommy Lee Jones's memory, and now he knows what the light is. Right, like it was an activated. You know, uh, shit. What do they call that? Fucking sleeper cell? Is that it? Yeah. When you're a sleeper. Now he knows. And then Will Smith neuralizes David Cross's character, tells him to take his girlfriend to Cambodia, get a lobster dinner, pay more than a dollar for it, move out <laughs> to your mom's house because you're like 40 something years old. And then you hear Agent <laughs> K neuralizing the mom downstairs, and they all leave. Like, the men in black leave, and then David Cross asks his girlfriend, do you want to go to Cambodia? She says, yes, they leave. And he picks up a shovel. <laughs> so does he kill his mom? I think the answer is yes. That's that's my interpretation. That's what we're led to believe, that these agents are just so reckless. They need to be careful with their wording. <laughs> He's waited long enough. It's time to cut those apron strings. And bury them. All she did was want to give him bagel bites. And this is how she she's being repaid. I mean, it sounds like homemade bagel bites because she put the cheese on herself. Trevor, yeah. do you want ants on a log? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I just wanted to love you, baby. That was one of those jokes where I was like, "Is this is like, this is funny, but why is it in here? Yeah. <laughs> So Will Smith calls Rosaria Dawson. She's playing Twister with the worms. Everything's fine. The Twister. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've sh- showcased the box several times. <laughs> <laughs> and her bracelet is glowing, so they now know. They think that's the light. And Tommy Lee Jones asks, Why didn't you say I love you? Because it's been like 16 hours. What? No. If anybody's taking romance lessons from this movie, don't. If you tell someone you met 16 hours ago, I love, and it's not followed by pizza, they're leaving. They're going to go to the bathroom and not come back. Let that shit incubate. Yes. (laughs) Give it a beat. Even if you think you do, don't say it. Write it in your dream journal. <laughs> he can tell it to his new cotton ball friends in this locker. <laughs> yeah, They'll there listen. you go. Yeah. They'll listen to anything you say. The point is, he had options. <laughs> the love is just so unnecessary. Why didn't you tell her you loved her? Like, 
Nobody's buying this love story. I remember even as a kid, I was like, oh, that's kind of dumb. And kids are dumb. Yeah, that, that means something. It does. Like, you were deconstructing the plot in, like, middle school. You're like, this is not... This can, is unbelievable. Can I tell you... This was telling me about the Emoji movie, because he went and saw it with his summer camp. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen that. Is it good? And he said, well, in the beginning, it has some funny... In the middle, there's one funny, and at the end, it's just end. <laughs> so take that emoji movie. <laughs> I asked him, should I watch? He said, mm, wow. no. Wow. Yeah. That's, and that's, he loves poop jokes, so yeah. they really let themselves down. There's poop emoji. It should have been funny to him. That was like a really... Great child, like, way to say just ran out of steam. Like, yeah. Good for him. He's going to be a great critic one day. <laughs> that analysis was, like, spot on. And so much snappier than ours. <laughs> yeah. Remind me to teach him the word denouement. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Remind me to teach him the word denouement. <laughs> Josh does try to say that kind of stuff to him, and he is like... Like a kitten that sees shiny stuff. Like, what? La, 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 la. Well, you see, uh, his character arc was muddied. Actually, now that he's older, sometimes he tells him, like, I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> yes. Which is like six-year-old code for, like, shut up. That's nice, Daddy. <laughs> I want to go play outside. Alone. He will do that. Like, Josh will be mid-sentence. be like, do you want to go outside? Like, anything to make him stop talking. I know my place. It's outside pretending to be Mario. <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember a ton of what happens after this. No, it's, it's all... It's a slow crawl. So... Oh, she got kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets kidnapped by the scary guy that's really tall. Is that right? The the one that looks kind of like a Harry Potter sort of character. Yeah. You only see him with the dark robe and he just kind of floats. Exactly. Yeah. The two-headed guy, I think, is who the worm... Johnny Knoxville's character. I'm pretty sure that's who the worms say took her and ripped them all in half. And then the Harry Potter character... Is who he takes and like that's who Johnny Knoxville character takes Rosaria Dawson to is to the Harry Potter the evil Harry Potter character gotcha alright I did that remembering <laughs> someone else's turn uh, I, I remember Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones start flying in their car in the Men in Black no, car no we're not there yet what yes we are we have to be no really yeah damn <laughs> Hmm. Oh, I remember. Okay, so after the worms have been ripped apart and Rosaria Dawson has been kidnapped, J and K come to get her. She's already gone. The worms pull themselves together, quote unquote, and then they go to an apartment with a regular family in it, do some code stuff with their thermostat, and get all the weapons to go back to headquarters and kick some ass. What if they ever changed their thermostat to digital? Like, are all those weapons just lost to you? 
Oh. You're right. That was a really old thermostat. It was. It's probably mercury in that. Probably just a SWAT team comes in and murders the family. <laughs> they get replaced. Like there's, like... there's a there's you know there's an ad for an empty apartment a week later. Yeah. Brought to you by Hasbro Toys. <laughs> you want to play Twister later? Is that Hasbro? I thought it was Milton Bradley. <laughs> They're interchangeable. Mm. But at this point, we got. All of your favorites. We got J and K back together. Frank Kicking is some butt. Yeah, Frank is armed. The the worms are in suits and they have guns too. It's just like a like a reservoir of dogs. <laughs> They're dressed like wormy French Foreign Legion members. Yeah, kind of like that, and also kind of like like they're going to you know. Like a leather bar. Yeah, because they don't wear clothes, so it has a very BDSM feel to it. Yeah. I assume since their accents were, like, most of it was, like, some sort of made-up effect, but it also sort of leaned slightly into Puerto Rican a little bit, or, like, Hispanic. It has a very cholo vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when they put on the... The, uh, the beanies, I assume that they were going for like a Che Guevara sort of like freedom fighter thing. That makes a lot more sense. Mm. Yeah. It's a lot more offensive that way. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you got to cover all your bases. You can't just offend rape victims in this movie. You got to keep going. You got to double down. <laughs> They're probably only going on the mission to protect the drug cartel. Mm. <laughs> Coffee beans. Well, like... <laughs> <laughs> Like we were talking about last week in The Ridiculous Six, it's just that laziness. Like, you know they don't actually feel this way. They're just lazy jokes. Right. Like, if you're going to be... I don't think that offensive jokes aren't good if they're good. These aren't good jokes. No. They're not making you think about anything. Yeah. They could have easily made that same don't fall asleep joke but fleshed it out more and had it be a real statement while still being hilarious. Right. But that's not what they did. It was just lazy. No. They just went for the simple, like, you know what's being implied here. But up bum bum Yeah. <laughs> Next scene. Uh, yeah, and it did. That was the end of a scene <laughs> joke. Was, yeah. Ugh. End of the scene joke should be better than that. You're right. It just goes out on a womp womp. So they bust in and kick some tail Kill that lady, and then you find out that Rosaria Dawson is the light. She was the light this whole time. She's the princess. Does Have you ever noticed it rains when you cry? A lot of people are sad when it cries. No, baby. It's raining because you're sad. Just like, oh my God. <laughs> Again, it's one, of this, it's one of these situations where it's... it's it's propped up as if it's supposed to be like really, really um, impactful and really, really dramatic, and it just falls flat on its, it's face. It's so eye rolling. Yeah, it's Kay, just like Kay Jesus. says, "You know what's going to happen before it happens," and she says, "I'm a Libra." <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! If I could reach through, the, through time and TV, I would just slap her. And why do they even include that? Because does, does that come up at all? No. So they just threw it in there. If she knows what's going to happen before it happens, why didn't she save her pizzeria buddy from getting sliced in half? Yeah. Or save herself from getting kidnapped or, you know, 
possibly groped by one of those worms. Like, there was a lot of things she could have avoided. Yeah. There really was. But you really didn't get that sense that she was aware of anything. No. Honestly, and I love Rosario Dawson. Can I, I, I would love, I would like to profess that. And, you know, if Rosario Dawson's out there and listening. You careful, know, Josh. I'm pretty sure she's married. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Um, she's dating Eric Andre. Uh, oh. He's got money and looks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like so much of what she does in this film is blankly stare. Yes. At other people. Like there's nothing behind. There's there's not even a stare <laughs> she's that's dead like, inside. <laughs> she's not Adam Sandler dead inside. But like when she does the stare, it's there's nothing. There's no depth to it. No. No. Yeah, she's not. Th- you could tell. You could tell that her. Uh, she as a character is not is not thinking about it. No, she's not processing. I anything. feel like there's no character. It's just Rosario Dawson staring at people, wondering what craft services is coming. <laughs> it's almost lunch, right? I wonder if they're gonna pick me up in the town car, or if they're gonna pick me up in the limousine. It doesn't matter. I just like to ride. <laughs> if it's the limousine, I'm taking stuff. <laughs> I'm sure a movie like this does encourage people to just sort of phone it in because, like, I'm sure you're just, like, you just back up trucks of money to throw onto your face. You well, know yeah, I mean? if you're Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones. I'm sure Rosario got some. Yeah, I'm sure she did, too. I'm sure she did, too. I did want to note, because I wrote I wrote it down, I, I did note that um, the worms make this... Um, this joke as they're walking away from from the thing where they say wrecked them damn near killed them and all i could think when i heard that i actually laughed out loud i did laugh out loud and the reason i laughed at that joke is because i i recognize that that was a joke that chris farley made in black sheep the the very the the very panned sequel sequel spiritual sequel to tommy boy Mm-hmm. Um, when he's backstage oh. with the reggae band and Ooh. he's getting high with them and stuff before he goes on and says, kill oh, Whitey yeah. on the stage. God, it was such a good movie. It was, and I love how into it the reggae band was until he did that, and they're all like, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, he's getting high and eating like you know, chicken wings or whatever in the back. And, and he just cut to the scene where he's like, so I says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Ha <laughs> ha <laughs> Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is captured after Rosaria Dawson ascends to the heavens and they shoot up that alien but didn't kill him he's captured by the alien Will Smith comes blows her up and you think it's the end they're driving away and that's when the car flies Josh oh thank you so when the car flies, this really interesting thing happens because uh, Rachel made a comment. It's like, how are they doing this? Everybody's seeing it as it happens. And then her comment was answered by um, a shot that showed that as the ship passed by people, it was actually like during the neuralizer flashing thing, so erasing mm-hmm. their memories. But there was this really weird moment as the ship was passing by where it neuralized some kids and then just like showed them a chrome version of a playstation 2 controller yeah why because that's how you drive in hyperspeed josh with a playstation 2 controller 
Yeah. So if we haven't made it clear, the reason they're flying and trying to escape is because the alien came back again and she's got a spaceship chasing them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the light got away, but she's be damned if they're going to get away. So is that PlayStation 2 controller, not to harp on it, but is that is that subliminal, liminal, or super liminal? Uh-oh. Hey, kids, buy a PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> You actually didn't need to tell us. We were going to do it anyway. Hey, Josh, buy a PlayStation. Yeah, all right. Sounds okay. <laughs> hey, join the Navy! <laughs> and it's so gratuitous because they don't even interact with the with the controller. Like, it's there to drive the, the car that they're like, well, we're, not, we're just not going to use this. They but don't it's just, really. It's going to stay no. here. Yeah. Because yeah. Tommy Lee Jones you. can't figure it out. So he switches places with Will Smith, and but they don't show him using it. Yeah. Just like, just assume he can do it. He's younger and knows what a Game Boy is. It's like, you know the PlayStation and the Game Boy aren't that similar. Okay, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> is that the end? So how does she, she finally catch up to him? Well, they finally get to where they're going, right? They're following the bracelet. Yeah. And so they get to this, to a, a rooftop. That has a rock that transforms into a spaceship. Right. And that's also where Laura Flynn Boyle lands and they have their final showdown. Yeah. And what a showdown it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's, she, she grabs Will Smith with her ten, testicle, tentacles, callback. <laughs> My Bobby's world. Her chin balls. Her chin balls. And they have a fight, and and the whole time Tommy Lee Jones is really downplaying the whole thing. Like, all right, well, you got to get on that spaceship. You're the light, so get on the spaceship. He'll be fine. And he's shooting the the monster. And then they kill it. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it didn't really seem like the. Didn't seem like they were really being challenged. No. It was weak. It was time for the monster to die. And they didn't need her anymore. But she got to go out in a very spectacular fashion. Yes. Because. Explosive. She's like in this sort of giant face made out of worms chasing after Rosario Dawson's ship. And then Will Smith and Tommy Jones shoot her. And she turns into like 4D fireworks. Just like exploding (laughs) out from the point of uh, the Statue of Liberty's flame. She's like, oh. Do you think people questioned it? They were just like, man, sweet fireworks. <laughs> this is really well timed. I was like, is this supposed to make me feel super patriotic? What is this? <laughs> I don't get... What? Why? Why? I couldn't figure out why they did it like that. But they had to draw special attention to the Statue of Liberty for what happened at the very end. Oh, right. Yes. Statue of Liberty has really been used a lot in films. Yeah. Men yeah. in Black 2, especially sequels. Men in Black 2, Ghostbusters 2, Coincidence. <laughs> Two movies? <laughs> There's also an X-Men 1. Uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Brooklyn. Perfect Strangers. <laughs> the Day After Tomorrow. Ooh, the- oh, that's <laughs> They run from ice in that one. Yeah. Oof. That's amazing. Man, that's bad. So, 
<laughs> but you mentioned there was something else, some other thing that the Statue of Liberty did in the movie. Oh, right. Because when, I don't know, what, what happened where everybody saw, like ev- everyone all over New York City uh, saw something? I mean, I couldn't quite understand what he was talking about when Will Smith said everybody in New York and New Jersey just saw that. What, the fireworks display? Yeah, I, I <laughs> guess that's what you're talking about. Most like... <laughs> humans have seen those. You're good. Yeah, he was like, no, nah, I guess we're going to have to tell them about aliens now. They witnessed our totally believable decoy. <laughs> Quick. Erase everybody's memory. And so, Kay presses a button and lights up the Statue of Liberty, which sends out a massive neutralizer to, I don't know, God knows how far it went. And so, yeah. Just neuralize the whole imagine, town. Imagine like a hospital where there's a surgeon who's just been, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's in the middle of like a three hour surgery. He's halfway through it. Well, I guess it would only really neuralize people who are outside. Oh, it discriminates between like those who, it can sense who witness something. Wait, you have to see it with your eyes, the neuralizer. That's why it flashes and they put on the sunglasses. Well, that's stupid also then, because that means anybody who saw this thing that Will Smith was like, oh, they can't see it, they would have had ample time to just be looking in a different direction. You're not supposed to be thinking about Yeah, you're this. really reading a lot into this. You're supposed to be impressed and be like, oh, wow, their reach and power is this infinite. Isn't, How did they do it? This isn't real, Josh. We I'm They sorry. can unring any bell. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take it. You know what? I want. I have this strange question, and it could it could be absolutely nothing. But as we were getting to the end of this film, and I realized just how terrible it was because because I missed out on this film when it came out. I don't. Oh really? Yeah, I don't think I saw it until like now. But I had to think since it came out. It came out in the early summer of two thousand two. So that means more than likely they were actually in production of this film pre nine eleven. Right. Right? Mm. So, if it, I got the feeling, and I could be totally wrong, but I got the feeling this movie was made in the spirit of a certain sort of American innocence, ignorance, naive, naivete, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. But then it didn't actually release until after 9-11. So, in those, just, in those few months, you know, America was plunged into this, like, sort of weird new cynicism or weird it was a dark place yeah it was a really dark place for us to be so i want lots of american flags everywhere do y'all remember that yeah like every car had an american flag magnet almost every house had an american flag outside of it it was was strange it's kind of hard to forget Mm. but i think i think you might be on to something because did you see the 1990 godzilla 1999 Godzilla. The one with Matthew Broderick? Yeah. You better believe I did. <laughs> so this movie feels like it takes place in the same New York as that one. Where yes. New York's like a, like really mouthy, semi-ethnic uh, people place. just like out in the street yelling at each other and like people are all like sassy and disaffected and like this is New York. It's very like in a cartoony way. In a way that New York is just like never depicted as now. Yeah, and yeah, everything that we see <laughs> since nine eleven has been like, and it's not just it's not all movies, but you know, after nine eleven we had the movies about nine eleven, like extremely loud and incredibly close, mm-hmm. rain over me, like all these. The one with Nick Cage that I can't remember, and I'm really sorry. That was oh, terrible. Yeah. Boy. 
<laughs> Why did you even bring that up? <laughs> but no, like, that New York seems like it's much more of, it's almost like... It's so gritty. It's like trembling, almost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's There's this tension that's... Yeah. Because the, not there. I get, like, the tray, tray, the New York tray was talking about was very quirky and fun, and yeah, bad stuff happens, but you're going to make it out here, kid. But now it's all like gritty and crime ridden and like this even your grandma will cut you watch your back <laughs> but she might look out <laughs> well yeah just something to think about i thought maybe that might have had something to do like if nine if we could go back and prevent 9-11 from ever happening men in black 2 would be a better movie is that what you're saying i think it would have been much better received they that's what we need to change and that's why. That's why we need to start working on time travel right now. All right, let's make a pact here and now. Mm-hmm. If any of us in our lifetime figure out time travel, sure, we will come back here in the next 15 seconds. Sounds like a good use of resources, yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's a yes. great time to get room tone. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's not happening. <laughs> Damn it, we're all so stupid. <laughs> Well, sorry, none of us invented time travel. So was that? Was there more to the movie? There well, was, there's the music video. There, whoa, whoa, whoa! Before we get to the music video, there was a PS. Oh, and everybody's worried about Will Smith. Yeah, because oh, the yeah. love of his oh. sixteen hours is gone. Oh, Jay's having girl trouble again. Come on, come on, Z. I'm Kay. Come on, we're gonna cheer him up. And I'll bring Fred. Rip Torn gave the only sort of like lively performance of this entire movie where he was getting wildly or mildly depending on who you are like inappropriate about the past like sexual conquest of his oh that's mild for (laughs) rip torn yeah that is mild if that's if he he goes to 11 that was like a two okay yeah but yeah he's describing some past love conquest and he's like he doesn't even use words. He just like goes. <laughs> he says the phrase Kama Sutra. <laughs> and that's that is beyond the pale for yeah. Wells, but he's like, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> but to cheer him up, they put the dust bunnies in his locker. Yeah, since they all they worship, worship him. him. Now. Mm-hmm. And that's who he can tell his feelings to. That's his secret journal. Yeah. And he can keep giving them Pop Tarts so they don't starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jay's like we should really you know you gotta let those those little dustmite things out of there like we gotta tell them that there's a world bigger and then Kay opens a super secret door that you're not supposed to open that's conveniently right there when he needs it to be and you see that they are inside of a locker with a bunch of other badly rendered CGI aliens who are just walking around a mall I guess right. I don't know. <laughs> poorly rendered it looked like a real afterthought you know you know what I love about this scene? All the different uses of color. There were browns mm-hmm. and grays yes. and browns. Yes, more of that. Some some tan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was beautiful. A little taupe. Yeah. Some dirty yellow. And beige. Like the kind of yellow where you accidentally mark your highlighter over a wet black marker. Oh, what I yeah. like, and they didn't overdo it, was Burnt Sierra. Oh, It was very yes. tasty. Yeah. Just a smattering. Yes. And now I'm out of colors. <laughs> <laughs> out of dull browns. Yeah. 
Well, somebody didn't have the 64 pack, because I could keep going. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass you. Rub it in. That's fine. No, it's cool. <laughs> so is it even worth talking about the alternate ending? The alternate ending was so strange. <sighs> Very. Yeah, so the DVD that we got from the library... Because when you pay for this shit. <laughs> Return it before there's a late fee. I'll be damned if I'm giving this money. But the alternate ending is basically the same, but they've paid for Kay to go on a trip in the pod, which is just a plate you lay down in, and another plate closes on top of it. It looks like an aspirin. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a, a human-molded ashtray. <laughs> It's very weird. And he, and he just ends up in the same place with the dust bunnies, except he's dust bunny size now. And Tommy Lee Jones says, have fun, and closes the locker. Just like, oh my gosh. I guess I'll take the other one with all the <laughs> brown and mud colors. <laughs> and then the music video. Oh hey, my can God. I ask you guys? Serious? Uh-oh. Do you want to nod your head right now? <laughs> Not in the direction that... That you are. <laughs> Come on, do it. Do it with me. Bite your lip while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my neck. <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably. <laughs> nope. I got nothing. It's so bad. <clears throat> to be fair, I bet it was really hard to come up with two Men in Black songs. And he gave all the Peppa, the fire to Here Comes the Men in Black. I mean, that was on the radio. Yeah. And this was not. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. This was on, uh, like, they used to have the show called 106 in Park on BET. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember when this video premiered, like, Will Smith himself came out to premiere, which was kind of a big, which was, like, a big deal. And even then, like, it dropped from, it debuted at, like, number 10, and then, like, dropped off the next day. I was like, ooh, this is, this is bad. This is real bad. Just... And that, that, that had heavy... Heavy promotion from him, and this is oof, it went nowhere. Hmm. Sometimes, yeah, Will Smith makes some garbage, mm-hmm. but he plugs it like it's the best thing he's ever done. Again, we come back to his professionalism. He is a consummate professional. It's like, I made some crap, I know it's crap, but you know what? I'm gonna give it the old college try. We're gonna go out there and try to hawk it. People probably aren't gonna buy it. That's okay, that's all right. They might like it, though. They might like it. Oh. Live for another day. <laughs> Why am I doing this voice? Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm Will Smith. <laughs> Look at me. All right. You guys feel pretty good about I mean, I've got anything. nothing else to say about it. Trey? It's just the, the music video, in addition to the song, being like just complete trash. Yeah, he rhymes yeah with yeah four times. Yeah, it is. Mm. But in the music video, it's supposed to be, like, cool. Yeah. In, in, in this way that even the child actors are, you can tell they were they were given a note that says, like, all right, this is the best thing you've ever seen. <laughs> they're, like, completely into it. And I, you're going to nod your head like your little life depend on it. Do you understand? I want you to have whiplash <laughs> when this is over. I feel like not only did they want it to be cool, they wanted it to be epic. Yeah. Because it takes place on a... On a spaceship, and there's a rotating platform, and he's like, you know, surfing around the this audience of of kids while yeah. he's the, while he's just like head nodding in his ill-fitting black suit. And then there's a 
there's a break in it for some reason because Megan Good uh, comes up out of the audience and tries to attack him and then it turns out she's an alien and then she like whips out his face and breaks his glasses not his shades <laughs> that's right on these fools and then this little girl walks up and hands him her sunglasses which should not fit him no and then he continues I was like what why who's this for (laughs) he thinks what it is is he's like man well now that ZZ Top has invented the story driven music video I want to be a part of this (laughs) and he is not you know what I actually think it is um I think most of the the kids in the in in that music video were about like elementary school age and um and so would like his his son and daughter willow and Jaden. they'd be like like around that age so i think he made uh some family friendly music for i'm honestly surprised i didn't see them in this video so did i because i was looking for when the little girl came up with the sunglasses i was like well it's definitely going to be one of his kids and it wasn't like Mm -mm. because they show her way off in the distance with their sunglasses on it's not until she comes a little bit forward and you're just like oh okay that's not one of them Mm -mm. like i was surprised they maybe they were just a lot younger it just goes to show when you have kids you become super lame that ain't it the truth (laughs) yeah dude that is, that is the way it works. Plus, back when this movie was released, they were, you know, going to that school that has um, ties to a certain... <clears throat> sorry, sorry, I've got a tickle in my throat. Yes. Evil Lord Zeno. <laughs> um, I think level... It hurts. I don't have enough money to salve this wound. Trey, hurry, give me 20 bucks. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think he made this movie for, for them because it, like, it hits all of those quadrants. Yeah. And there's a nice, like, toothless song to go along with it. Has Will Smith, I can't really think of one right now, has Will Smith ever made one of those crappy, jokey comedy movies and not done the song? Yeah. for Wild Wild West. Wild, yep, he did the song, Wild Wild West. He did not do one for Bad Boys, or oh right, but see, I think he, that that's, was that's, taken more seriously. Yeah, that's a serious film. Uh, he did not do one for Independence Day. Mm. Again, more of a serious film, sort of in a way. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. Am I, is that heresy? No, Independence Day is more mean, of a ser- What kind of rubric are we using here? <laughs> I don't know. No, you, you have to define this for me. I think he's using the rule book of if he likes it or not. No, it's not that. It's It seems more dramatic. Uh, Independence Day is more dramatic, epic. I'm thinking... Right, yes, when it's I, supposed to make you feel. I, when I, I, I get it. When I think <clears throat> Independence Day, I think that Bill Pullman speech. Because that's, that's everything. That's the whole movie for me. How long have you known Josh Trey? Like a couple years now? Yeah. Has he told you about how that time you met Bill Pullman? Because I would be surprised if he hasn't. He tells everyone. No. That. I never met him. I was in the same room with him. Oh, okay. I he, was working up to that. He I was, breathed in his essence. Yeah. I don't just drop that story willy-nilly like, like have, early on in a relationship. Do you still have the napkin that you took out of the trash that you think he touched? <laughs> Rachel, you know as well as I do that it is in the hermetically sealed cone. <laughs> What? A hermetically sealed cone? 
What a strange shape choice. <laughs> Why not a box? <laughs> Napkins are square or rectangular in shape. I bought it at a carnival. Oh. You live a very rich and layered life and I'm not around. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so we've come to the part of the podcast, I think, where we come to final verdicts. Where we decide if this film is or is not a cash grab. Rachel, would you remind us again what a cash grab is? A cash grab. It's a piece of art made for only money. No merit, no value, beyond the money it can make the content creator. So what do you think, Trey? Cash grab. Or a genuine attempt at art. Well... I'm going to answer this by uh, describing one very short scene, but it was probably my one of my favorite in the movie that we didn't talk about. So when Laura, Laura Flynn Boyle comes to um, the MIB headquarters, there's a panning shot that shows like some sort of money exchange. Then it shows the, a Sprint store. And then it shows a Burger King. And so by the time the camera rests on Laura Flynn Boyle, she is holding and presumably having eaten a, a burger with the Burger King sign in front of her. And she's still like skinny as hell. <laughs> that was the worst and somehow best product placement I have seen in a movie. And this movie is full of it. This was not done for the love of the fans. This was done for sponsorships and there were several mercedes sprint burger king twister ps2 controller this movie was paid for before there were any tickets <laughs> whatever that soda was that reserved oh, yeah. because they said it like mountain, mountain dew, dew. Mountain, <laughs> dew. <laughs> mountain dew even though that made a cry i don't know that encouraged <laughs> me to, to drink that what you don't want duty <laughs> i don't want nothing do <laughs> So, yes. Cash grab. I can feel that. Josh? I'm going to go ahead and agree with Trey that I think this film is a cash grab. I think that coming back to, and sort of like, um, sort of like strong arming a franchise out of Men in Black when it could have been this amazing, perfect standalone story without ever having to sequelize it. I think going back to it, Five years later, and um, making no attempt to actually balance fan service with just basically telling the same story again, mm-hmm. finding a very slightly different way to tell the same story again with only slightly better CGI. Actually, I don't know. Do you think the CGI is... I think the CGI in Men in Black 2 is worse than the CGI used in, Men in the first Men in Black five years before. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, it definitely is, since I've watched both of them, like, within a 24-hour period. Right. In Men in Black, the original, it relied more on practical effects as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so so everything looked just a lot better. It looked mm-hmm. a lot sharper. It looked a lot um, more realistic. So, I think, I think through, um, for a lot of different reasons, cutting corners, taking time-saving measures, and just producing a much crappier product... But seemingly, you know, not really caring. It's a cash grab all the way. Rachel? 
before we really got into it, we were only in like the first 15 minutes or maybe 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. Um, <laughs> it's I wanted, late. <laughs> I wanted to say it was a inadvertent cash grab. Like they wanted to make a good sequel, but they also knew it was going to make a lot of money. But by the end of it, I was just like, never mind. That's not what they were trying to do. They just wanted a lot of money. Because the first one made a lot of money. A surprising amount of money. And it spawned a lot. The merchandise. I saw so many kids dressed up like um, Will Smith's character from the movie that mm-hmm. Christmas or that sure. Halloween. You couldn't get cooler than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Made kids want to wear ties. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Will Smith's known for. Really cleaning up kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The song was a huge hit. It was a big mega blockbuster and the and cartoon the, yeah and the cartoon which mm-hmm. is actually pretty good yeah. if i remember correctly but i feel like this one is just like well pff, fucking make anything make money and that's what they did yeah they didn't really try some stuff is good there's peppers of niceness some funny jokes some things look genuinely good the pacing is fine camera works fine will smith's funny yep yeah uh, Tommy Lee Jones delivers exactly what you want Tommy Lee Jones to give you in this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just cut out all the good parts, leave you with like a 20, 30 minute movie, and it'd be better. Actually, you could just watch the trailer for the movie and they showed all the highlights. So There you go. Someone has already done it for you. Yeah. <laughs> good to go. And if you want to watch Bismarck, he beatbox, you could just YouTube that. Yeah. And he does an even better job, better work, other places. <laughs> yeah, he was really he was really phoning it in, but still amazing. Yeah. That just it shows did, Bismarck. It did look like he was just like, well, you guys are paying me, right? Yeah. All right. I'll give you a little taste. Hey, he was still supposed to be working at the at the post office, you know? He was in character. Yeah, that's true. He did. They're all just tired. (laughs) Ma'am, I don't have your mail. (laughs) Sorry, I gotta go beatbox with Will Smith. It gave me the signal. You gotta go in the back. I'll be back. (laughs) Please don't yell, (laughs) ma'am. Well, Trey, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yet another one. This was a good choice, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, I thought we were friends. Josh, plant my my B side. That's you, sidekick. Never forget it. I'm just glad to be here and be included. Never mind your fight. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh. Well, thanks for listening. Join us next week. We'll watch something else. I don't know. We haven't thought about it. Men of Black Three? Huh? Huh? No, not that one. It's got Josh Bros in it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter, Cash Grab Cinema, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.